scripture reading is from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. And this is the New International Version. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received just punishment, How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord Jesus, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. You may be seated. I'm trying to figure out how to follow uh, Scott. You've just done such a good job today. I appreciate all the thought that you put into our song service and getting our minds focused as we sing to God and praise God and thank Him and as we sing to one another and encourage each other, remind each other who we are, what we have, and the things that God wants us to do. Our singing is powerful to motivate us and to encourage us and to remind us. I'm pretty sure that I told you we were going to start a theme on shining like lights in the universe, and we're not going to do that tonight, but I did like the way you were shining just a moment ago anyway. When I finished this morning's lesson, I just I wanted to follow up that lesson. You know, if, if, what, if what we have is the inspired Word of God, and it is God's final Word to man, and it bears the authority of God. If it's it's God's instrument to tell us how to be saved, and a tool that He uses to to mature and, and help us to grow, we really need to spend more time listening. We, we really need to do a better job of overcoming some of the distractions. The, the things that, that we do instead of making time to listen to God. I can't remember if it was the end of last year sometime early this year. Connie discovered that our phones give us a a screen time report. I think that's somewhat invasive. I don't need everybody to know how long I've been on my phone this week. I don't even want to know how much time I've been on Facebook this week. When we say we don't have time to read God's Word, or we don't have time to listen to God, we have the time. We just choose to do other things with it. The fact that there is even a concept that we know or understand as binge-watching. Some of the young people in the audience will not understand what I'm saying, but there was a time that your favorite TV show came on, and when it was over, you had to wait a whole week week to see what happened next. Yes? Yes? You couldn't save it up and watch it all at the same time. You had to wait till next week. 
There are people that on the weekend, they'll, they'll start a new season of their favorite show and they'll watch every, every episode. Hour after hour after hour. And then try to convince themselves they don't have time to be with God. They're just too busy. There's a man named John Drakeford. He wrote a book, The Awesome Power of the Listening Ear. In that book, he said, Any serious student of listening must commence by clarifying the similarities and the contrast between the two human functions of hearing and listening. To the uninitiated, the two expressions may appear to refer to the same activity, but in actual fact, there is a world of difference between the two. He goes on to explain that hearing is a word used to describe the physiological sensory process by which the auditory impressions are received by the ears, transmitted to the brain. Listening, on the other hand, refers to a more complex psychological procedure involving interpreting, understanding the significance of the sensory experience. We, we can hear something without really listening. It's what a lot of guys do when they're watching a football game and their wife is talking to them. There's a difference between, did you hear me? Yes. And are you listening? Debatable. Maybe. This passage that was read a moment ago, read it again, Hebrews 2. Just keep your Bible. We're going to keep it open there. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. We must pay more careful attention. Therefore, to what we've heard so that we do not drift away, for if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs and wonders, various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. What we have in those verses, God has given us four reasons to listen. And if you're a person who likes taking notes, the first reason is because the message is from Jesus. We should listen because of the person who is speaking to us. Verse 3 says, This salvation which was announced by the Lord. Who is the Lord? We have an old song, some folks may ask me, some folks may say, who, who is this Jesus? You talk about every day. I, I think it would be great if we were talking about him every day and, and people really did ask us, who is he? You talk about him all the time, who is he? Stay there in Hebrews if you'll go to chapter 1. One of the first things the, the writer of Hebrews does is he introduces us to Jesus. Why should we listen to the Word? Well, Because it's spoken and announced by the Lord. Who is He? In the first six verses of chapter 1 in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of 
majesty of the majesty in heaven and became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, did I become your father? Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Those six verses that introduce the book of Hebrews, beautiful statements about Jesus. They tell us who He is. And when we understand who He is, we we need no further instruction about why we should listen to Him. Some of the statements in those early verses of the book, He is God's final spokesman. Now listen, in the past, God spoke through our forefathers and through the prophets at various times in all these different ways. But in these last days, the way that He's speaking to us today is through His Son. Jesus is God's final spokesman. He is the heir of all things. He is the co-creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of God's being. Not only was He active in creation, we're told that He sustains all things by the the power of His Word. He by Himself has purged our sins. He sat down by the right hand of the Majesty on high. He is far Better, he is superior to the angels. And if you accept those nine descriptive expressions concerning Jesus, you won't have any trouble accepting the obvious conclusion that we should listen to the words in this book. Not just the book of Hebrews, but the word that God has given us. Because the message is from the Lord. I said something similar this morning that that our attitude towards the Bible says something about our attitude towards God. We can't just dismiss the human penman and, and say, well, I don't want to listen to Paul or to Peter or to Luke. When we have a dismissive attitude towards the Bible, we have a disobedient and rebellious attitude towards God. And Jesus, in John 12, 47-48, made this statement. I referenced it this morning, but I didn't call the passage. John 12, 47-48, As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him. At the last day. When you reject these words, you reject the message that comes from Jesus, and you're rejecting a message that will ultimately be the standard by which all of us are judged. The second reason we should listen is because the message has been confirmed. I I doubt that if you were approached by a stranger 
And that person said, uh, you need to get in my car and come with me. You all think that's random. No, I wouldn't go with that person. But, but I just looked back here a second ago and saw Barry, and I think Barry Clark is in uniform. And I think I can see the badge. If that person said, or if they, as sometimes you see on TV, they'll open their, you know, and they show their badge. And say, you need to get in the back seat. Now, that person, you're probably going to go with them. Why? Because they have shown you the confirmation of their authority. They have, they have said, we're not acting on our own. We're acting on the authority of the government. And, and they have that vested authority. And when they tell you that you should do something, you should do it because they have the authority to tell you. They have the authority. And you should listen to them. How, how is the authority of Jesus confirmed? Well, what the writer of Hebrews says about that is that this salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. When, when Jesus speaks, we should listen to Him because of who He is. When He speaks, we should listen to Him because God, through miracles, wonders, and signs, confirmed that Jesus is who He claimed to be. And so when we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus had power over various diseases. There were times that He met people uh, who were blind. He makes, he spits on the dirt, he makes mud, he wipes it on this guy's eyes, tells him to go and wash. When he washes, he sees. And another one, you know, just puts his finger in his ears and the deaf man, he can hear. Or the man that has four friends and he's, and he's a paralytic and his friends, you know, make a hole in the roof and lower the guy down. And Jesus, here's a lame man, he tells him, get up and walk. Or people who came to him with leprosy and they, and they were cured. All, all of that, all of those different miracles, they were not just an expression of his compassion. They were an expression of his compassion, but they weren't just that. God was confirming through miracles, wonders, and signs, that Jesus was who He claimed to be and that we should listen to Him. He had the power over death so that He says to the daughter of Jairus, little girl, I say to you, uh, arise or get up. The widow of Nain uh, has this only son. And it's like Jesus walks up on a funeral procession. And He, and he walks right up to the to the body and he says to that young man to get up and that dead man is brought back to life he raises Lazarus the brother of Mary and Martha he says to demons come out and they came out and they never returned he he walks on water he turns water into into wine he feeds the multitude he he's he's in a boat 
in, there's a storm and it's kind of a treacherous situation and he says, peace be still. The wind and the waves, everything just calms down. All of those stories are telling us something important about who he is. And when we understand that they are God's stamp of authentication, he is who he said he was. Well, we should listen to him. And that's the second reason that the writer of Hebrews gives to us in this, in this passage. The, the third reason that we should listen is because it's possible for all of us, it's possible to drift away. A lot of different ways that you can, that you can think about. Uh, we use the term backsliding. I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and we, we lived in a house just outside of town on a hill. That was a great place to grow up, because we got a lot of snow. This winter mix that you all get out here is a total different, I mean, what a drag. It, it's, it's cold and it's wet, but you can't play in it. And we used to have so much fun. My brother one Christmas got, we called it the green machine. It was, it was plastic and it had a back on it. You could sit in it and your legs would go out in front of you and it had a handle on either side that you could steer. I don't know how young we were, but we could get three or four guys on that thing and start at the top and we'd always kind of build a little point that, that, you know, a mound. That when you hit it, bodies just went everywhere. And I don't know why as a little kid that was glorious. Especially if it wasn't your turn to ride and you were just at the top and you, everybody just flying, you know. Going back up the hill was always a challenge. Sometimes you'd take a step or two and you'd start to slide back. Uh, I remember, I remember one morning, on my birthday, I was so excited it was my birthday, and uh, we could see the bus coming on top of the hill, and then we would run down the hill to the bus stop, and I took one step, and that's all it took for me to get to the bottom. <laughs> all the way down. I think the way I remembered, I got a standing ovation when I got on the bus that morning. They were really impressed. That can happen to you. You can, you can have a misstep in your life and you can just, and you can just slide away. A lot of times when we talk about kind of spiritual discipline and, and, and the need to, to constantly be, be dedicated in our life with God, I, I like to think about the idea of walking up a down escalator. As soon as you stop, you're going to be carried away. It's going to, it's going to, and I'm just telling you, that's, that's kind of the way of the world. When you stop pursuing and reaching and, and moving towards God, the whole current of the culture will start to carry you away. You'll drift. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here in, in verse 1 of chapter 2. 
when he said we must pay more careful attention, therefore. Listen to that. We must pay more careful attention to what we've heard so that we don't drift away. It's a, it's a scary thought. Do, do they call it a riptide? You could be playing in the ocean and very close to the shore and there's a current that will come under and somehow just pull you out. I've, I've heard people talk about being caught in something like that and they're, and they're with all their energy are fighting against it. And they have to be saved. They have to be rescued. Because the current is so strong, it's, it's carrying them away. In chapter 3 and verse 12 of Hebrews, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Sometime you sit down with a directory from 10 years ago. A church directory, you know, alphabetical listing of every member of the congregation, their address and their phone number and their email. Just sit down with one from 10 years ago. I understand that as you do that, sometimes you'll go, you know, they passed away, passed away, passed away. But some of them, they fell away, they fell away, they fell away. What happened? They stopped listening. They didn't pay careful attention to the message that's been delivered. And when they stop being cautiously interested and intentionally diligent about listening to God, they just got swept away. They just drifted farther and farther. We're being warned that this can happen to us if we don't listen. The fourth reason is that God will punish lawbreakers. I am really concerned not just about the culture. I'm concerned that the church in some places has not had the courage or the faith to confront the culture. That our, that our message has been an endorsement of any way in which people choose to live. And that's not our ministry. That's not our mission and that's not our calling. As Christians, we're always going to be countercultural. We're always going to be different from the world. We're going to be out of step with the world. And what the world wants is a Jesus, not Jesus, but a Jesus of their own imagination. Not the one we read about in Scripture, but one who will smile politely at at whatever they want to do and give them assurances that everything's going to be okay no matter what choice they make. 
That is simply not what the Bible says. In the Old Covenant, something bad happened when you rebelled against God. Bad things happened when you broke the covenant. In Deuteronomy 17, verses 2 through 6, if a man or a woman living among you in one of the towns the Lord gives you is found doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God in violation of his covenant and contrary to my command, has worshipped other gods, bowing down to them or to the sun or to the moon or to the stars of the sky. And, and this is brought to your attention. You must investigate it thoroughly. If it is true, it's been proved that this detestable thing has been done in Israel. Take the man or woman who has done this evil deed to your city gate and stone that person to death. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a man shall be put to death. But no one shall be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. I read that because Hebrews 2 verses 2 and 3 says, says this. It says, what will happen to the man who breaks uh, excuse me, I'm asking that question. What will happen to the man who breaks the new covenant? The verse says, if the message spoken by angels, the old covenant, was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so, so great a salvation? If, if under the old covenant, on the testimony of witnesses. If, if you violated the covenant, you were punished. How much worse is it if we ne- neglect so great a salvation? What could be worse than death by stoning? Part of our problem is we we haven't set our mind on things above. So often as we consider our lives in the world, we, we focus only on the earthly nature of things, the physical nature of things. What's worse than death by stoning is being lost eternally. We have our children sit down here every Sunday night, and every Sunday night we ask them about success. And success is living for God and going to heaven when you die. It doesn't matter what else happens in your life. You can fail in a lot of ways, but if you live a godly life, a faithful life, when you die, you go to heaven, that's success. Failure, no no matter all the other areas of your life, that you know, the whole world looks on you as a success, and all the things you achieve or attain or accumulate, it doesn't matter. If you live in such a way that when you die, you're lost eternally, you failed miserably. And we should listen as God speaks to us so that that won't happen to us. And we're not doing anybody 
any, any favors by ignoring the harsh reality that to neglect the Word of God, to, to refuse to listen to Him, is to miss out on a great salvation. It's a great salvation because it was spoken by Jesus. It's a great salvation because of what it cost God to make it possible. Our salvation is a great salvation because God's Son died to make it possible. It's a great salvation because of what it saves us from. The salvation that we talk about, we're being rescued from sin and we're being rescued from all of the consequences of sin. We can talk all we want about we're being saved from hell and we can talk about fire and we can talk about weeping and gnashing of teeth. The bottom line is I don't want to go anywhere if God isn't there. And hell is a place that's going to last forever. And it's a place where God will not be. And I want to tell you that none of us really can relate to that. We may think we can relate to that, but we can't. Because everything that we enjoy in this life, we enjoy because God created us. And God sustains us. And God redeemed us. And we don't really know what it would be like to be in a place without God, and to be there forever. The great salvation we're talking about rescues us from a terrible outcome. There's some other examples of salvation in the Bible. Noah and his family are saved from the flood. Lot and his two daughters are saved when fire rains down on Sodom and Gomorrah. The Israelites are saved when they're delivered out of Egyptian captivity. Some people, uh, as they were wandering in the desert, they're saved from those deadly snake bites. Naaman the leper was saved from his leprosy. That's several examples of salvation, but I think they all pale in comparison to the greatness of God's salvation that He makes available Through His Son, Jesus Christ. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from our sin. All the consequences of sin. He saves us so that we can be in relationship with Him. And we can be with Him and walk with Him in this life and spend eternity with Him in heaven. For those who are Christians, you need to to keep listening so that you don't drift away. For those who are not yet Christians, I just think the best thing we can say is don't neglect so great a salvation. I think there's a, a dangerous mindset that especially... Uh, among our young people, they, they develop this idea eventually, but not now. Some, someday, but not, not tonight. I mean, they envision in their minds that they're going to become 
uh, followers of Jesus. One day they're going to make the good confession. One day they're going to be baptized. They know they're supposed to. They think they're going to, but just not right now. And I think that's a terrible mistake. God has given us a great salvation. And the sooner you respond to that, the better off you're going to be. Sooner or later, you're going to run out of opportunities. Sooner or later, you're going to run out of chances to put it off until another time. We have a song that we sing, Terrible Thought to Cry Too Late. Jesus, I come to Thee. One of the best things that you could do, the most important thing you, you need to do, is you need to come to Jesus before it's too late. The best time for you to do that is tonight, uh, even right now, as we stand and sing.